0: I'd like to welcome all of you to our second Sunday of Advent worship service. Um, It is good to be with you across time and space and place, and I invite you, if you have a candle or two, to light them as you start this service to mark this second week of Advent. We begin with the litany of hope for those who are weary. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. During Advent, our weary souls seek God's daily strength, and the Lord gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. We grow weary when faith, o- when fear overshadows faith. The Lord gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. We grow weary when destructive actions erupt in the world around us, The Lord gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. For all of us feeling weary this Advent season, grant that we might have the peace of Christ as we wait, the love of Christ as we act, and the grace of Christ as we speak. Today we light two candles in our Advent wreath or two candles around us, whichever we have. The first candle illuminates patience in the areas of our lives where God has called us to wait. The second candle extends the promise of strength to all who feel weary and weak in the shadows of this world. As we continue our Advent journey, may our hope be kindled as the light grows brighter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, nurture our growth as people of repentance and peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading comes today from Isaiah, the 11th chapter. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples, the nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel today comes from Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axes lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Hearing about fire and things being burned in the Bible usually causes a lot of discomfort. We worry about trying to figure out if we are in or out, if we'll be burned or saved, or we worry about who is going to get burned and will it be people that we know and love. It can be hard to reconcile a loving God with the images that the Bible sometimes offers us about burning. And I think that sometimes we hear or read about something being burned with unquenchable fire in the Bible, and that's where our brains and our emotions just stop. And we get caught up in that wondering and worrying about who or what will be burned. And while I cannot cover all of the stories that talk about something being burned today, I do think that this story is not about figuring out who will be burned and cast away forever. But rather, it is about our own refinement and transformation that comes in, through, and from Jesus. The very last verse of our story today says he, Jesus, will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire. Well, as many of us know, all wheat has chaff. All wheat is covered in chaff, which protects it while it is growing, but then the chaff is discarded when it comes time to harvest. The chaff has served its purpose, the wheat is mature and ready to be used as flour and food, and the chaff can be discarded and burned because it is not needed any longer. So perhaps this isn't a story about who is in and who is out, but rather it is about examining our own lives and seeing what has served its purpose and can be burned away so that the wheat of our lives can be used as it was intended. For example, I really like being right. And perhaps other oldest children in particular can resonate with me on this, but it's certainly true for other people regardless of their birth order. Making sure that I was right either just by knowing things or through researching or digging my heels in just to prove a point did have some useful purposes outside of stroking my own ego. I found that people trusted what I had to say would ask me questions because they were pretty sure I'd have the answer. I became pretty good at looking stuff up and researching, often covertly so that nobody would know that I didn't know something. Uh, It encouraged me to read a variety of books on various topics so that I could be more knowledgeable. I had a decent amount of self-confidence in my knowledge. But there were also not-so-great parts to this. I could feel really easily threatened and then subsequently lash out by being wrong, especially when one of my younger brothers was right and I wasn't. I placed a lot of my value and worth in being someone who was smart and right all the time, and I was very worried that people would think less of me if and when I was wrong. I also had a number of one-sided relationships where it seemed that I was the one who had it all together and didn't need anything from them but really enjoyed that they needed me. And eventually I learned that people sometimes found me unapproachable, that it was lonely not needing anyone, and that being wrong actually didn't cause people to think less of me and would actually help me to learn more things and allow me to have deeper relationships with the people around me. The chaff of always needing to be right needed to not just be separated from me, but needed to be burned away. The ways that it had helped me and protected me were no longer needed and it was a burden to who God was and is calling me to be. And we all have areas in our lives like this. Places where things that once protected us now prevent us from being who God is calling us to be. And as John the Baptist tells the crowds at that time and tells us again today, we cannot be separated from this chaff on our own. We need Jesus to come and separate our chaff from our wheat to cleanse us from the things that aren't needed in our lives anymore. And sometimes this is the painful thing. It wasn't fun for me to learn that being wrong is okay. And it's not fun for any of us to examine the chaff that needs to be discarded and burned in our lives. But the one who does this separating and burning and discarding does not give up on us, does not give up on you. Jesus sees us not in the light of our sin and the ways we fall short, but in the light of his grace and forgiveness and love. Jesus sees us as we were created and intended to be a person who is forgiven and therefore loves deeply and abundantly all all of life and creation around you. We do not have to fear being separated from our chaff because Jesus has already done it all and continues to separate the grain from the chaff in our lives today. Jesus fully removed the chaff of sin and death when he died on the cross. On the cross, Jesus separated the world separated from the world the chaff of sin and death and left only the wheat of life and love and grace. Our Advent journey promises us that Jesus has done it all, continues to do this in your life and mine, and will bring it about to completion when he returns. This is not a fire of trying to figure out who's in and who's out. This is a fire of love that sees you and knows you for who you are in Jesus Christ the one who is who was and is and is to come amen we will sing together the hymn hark the glad sound as always sing along if you know if you know the words For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. And we go in peace to share the good news. Thanks be to God.